Hey, it's Stephen Henderson. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the recent contracts ratified by casino workers at two of the three casinos here in Detroit. We're going to talk with Merrick Masters, uh, who heads the Department of Finance at Wayne State University and is an organized labor expert, about what these contracts mean, not just for casino workers, but for the labor movement in general. Merrick, welcome back to Detroit well, Today. Well, thank you for- Thank you for having me this morning. It's uh, good to talk with you. Yeah. So the casino workers in Detroit who voted to ratify this five-year contract are going to receive an immediate $3 an hour raise and a $5 an hour total raise over the course of the contract. That's a pretty big win. Uh, talk about some of the other things other than the pay increase that casino workers at uh, Hollywood Casino at Greektown and Motor City Casino were able to achieve with this strike? Well, um, a, a couple of things are noteworthy. No, they avoided any increase in their health care costs, which was an important, significant achievement. They also uh, agreed to reductions in their workload um, and um, <clears throat> also greater assurances about job security. For example, when they introduce new technology, they'll have to be given advance notification of that and training on the new technology. There's been a significant reduction in the number of jobs at these facilities over the past several years, particularly since the pandemic. And technology is a major threat to a lot of the work that's being conducted. And so therefore, this was an important, I think, significant achievement. And also they got a the first match in their 401k plans of up to $1,000 in year two of their contract. So this is significant. Um, there are lots of things about this uh, particular strike that are important for uh, a broader swath of workers because these tend to be lower paid workers who are more marginal in society than the unionized workers at the big three who are represented by a, a densely populated union with a lot of strength and power and a history of um, negotiating record-setting contracts or president-setting contracts. Mm. So, so I want to talk about that point in particular, this idea of casino workers going on strike to try to get better pay and, and, and other things from their employers. As you point out, they're in a, in a different economic uh, uh, place than, than auto workers, for instance. Do you have an idea of how hard this strike was on casino workers? Well, l- l- let me give you an idea. The typical um, worker in food service or in hotel accommodations, the hospitality industry, makes about $20 an hour compared to $32 an hour in the auto industry. Uh, they tend to have fewer hours of work, about 25 to 26 hours of work a week, <clears throat> and therefore their pay overall is lower. And therefore, a strike has more significant implications. Their ability to prepare for a strike is less. Uh, turnover is extremely high. As I indicated, you've had a significant job loss, particularly since the pandemic. And these companies, I think the overarching point to remember is that <clears throat> The, the companies are uh, that operate the casinos in this area are owned by corporate conglomerations that have very large operations globally. 
to give you an example, um, at one of the hotels, you have 400 rooms in that hotel, which comprises less than 1% of the total rooms in the complex of the corporate entity that owns the entire network of casinos and hotels. <clears throat> in um, one of these companies, you have it having um, net revenues of about $3 billion dollars. Um, and in another, you have net revenues of $2.9 billion. Mm -hmm. And these are just in the, in the relevant parts of their operation that accompany the particular regions. So when these workers are out on strike, um, they're affecting a very small part of the overall operation. I would leave you with this point. The, the key to a union's ability to influence an employer um, is its ability to discontinue operations and adversely affect sales and revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're dealing with a um, <clears throat> set of employers in which the Detroit casinos are a very small part of their overall operations, uh, their ability to continue to generate revenue uh, is not that adversely affected. And they can withstand a strike much more greatly than um, the, the auto companies could in facing the UAW. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the MGM workers, their decision to not ratify the contract that's on the table, which means that workers there will remain on strike. Let's talk about why they didn't ratify that contract, what they're holding out for, and whether the strike will ultimately likely get them what they're after. Well, again, this is one of the difficulties that you have in this uh, set of bargaining because you have a coalition of unions and you have also a um, multiple employers. So really it's multi-employer bargaining. They're not bargaining with each of the companies as one unit like you were, for example, in the motion picture and television producers industry in which all those companies operated as one unit in negotiating with the Screen Actors and the Writers Guild. Here you have three different companies <clears throat> owned by three different corporate structures that are negotiating with the coalition of four unions that have to combine their bargaining strategy into one package, negotiate one deal for all their members. You have 1,600 workers at the MGM site, which are still out on strike, and they want to make certain that they get a pattern across the industry, the same kinds of protections for technology mm. and the same kinds of assurances and for, with retirement security and wages. So the particulars as to what they're having difficulty with are not necessarily well advertised, nor are the terms of the specific agreement at this point in time, although some generalities are known. But um, the workers will have an opportunity um, to continue to try and get as much um, in consistent with the other two companies that they've negotiated and set a pattern for the industry. This is what they're trying to do nationally. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very difficult. They're trying to do this in various localities. It's very decentralized bargaining at casinos and hotels. And as I indicated, these are corporate entities. You don't, you don't, it isn't the Greek town casino negotiating. It's the, uh, <clears throat> 
it's the, the corporate overseer of this, which is a much larger entity, which is really controlling the negotiations. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking with uh, Merrick Masters. He is the chair of the Department of Finance at Wayne State University and a professor of management. He's an expert on organized labor. We're talking right now about the new contracts that casino workers at two of the casinos here in Detroit, the Hollywood Casino uh, at Greektown and uh, the Motor City Casino, have. Uh, MGM is still uh, trying to work out a new contract with its workers who remain on strike. Uh, We're talking about this in the context, though, of this resurgence of the strength of labor in uh, 2023, the enormously successful strike that the uh, UAW led against the Detroit Three automakers, kind of resetting the balance of power in that relationship. Uh, these casino strikes followed those UAW strikes. Uh, is there uh, is there a new day coming, really, for labor in this country, and especially in the state of Michigan? Detroit, uh, really one of the homes of the labor movement, the original home of the labor movement. Uh, we would love to hear from you as well during the conversation. Give us a call and let us know if you're part of a labor union or have been. What was your experience like uh, as a represented worker in the workplace? Uh, what do you make of these new contracts for the UAW and for casino workers? Does that change the way you think about uh, the relationship between workers and unions and, of course, between unions and the companies they work for. Uh, Also give us a call and let us know if you worry that these victories for uh, labor at the bargaining table uh, might end up backfiring in terms of uh, the, the companies not being able to perform as well and maybe having to cut workers in the future to try to pay for the things that they have now promised at the bargaining table. 313-577-1019 is always the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can make you part of the conversation uh, that way. Merrick, I do want to talk about the, the, I guess, potential cascading effect of what we're seeing. So the UAW goes on strike, uh, as I said in the open, I think a, a pretty bold and and somewhat risky move. Uh, and they win. They win pretty big. Uh, casino workers follow and in, at least in two of the cases here, uh, get get uh, very good uh, outcomes, very good contracts as as a result. How much do you think the UAW action had to do with the casino worker success? And from there, is there more that that is possible? It does does it continue to kind of push the the labor uh, management uh, balance of power more toward the workers? Well, I think it's important to realize that this is part of a broader picture of pressure to increase wages that has been generated by decades of stagnating wages and a labor market which is tight right now in which there have been critical labor shortages. And therefore, employers have had to raise their wages, generally speaking, to uh, keep up with inflation and also other jobs to compete for workers. And in some industries, such as in in auto and also in the hotel industry, in the casino industry, to a certain extent, wages, because they're fixed by union contract, have lagged behind 
those in the non-union sector that have been able to increase more generally because they're not restricted by existing labor market labor contracts which for example in the case of the auto industry froze wages for a number of years and limited wage increases because of the financial difficulties of the company i would say this that it, is this is going to catapult into a um, wider spread of union influence and power i think that depends on two things i think it depends on the one the number the state of the overall economy and labor market conditions and number two it depends on whether unions can be more successful in organizing it's still important to remember that in the whole casino and hotel industry you have industries which are not very densely organized by by unions uh, compared to even auto and in auto when you include parts as well as the original equipment manufacturers you just have unionization membership about 16 percent of the total overall workforce and what you see now is that there's going to be a lot of pressure on the UAW to organize the non-union facilities the Tesla's the foreign transplants if they can't organize those and if the companies that they negotiated these expensive contracts with are not as financially profitable going ahead because of the shift to electrification then its situation is going to be very difficult four or five years from now yeah. and I, I don't think it's a given that they'll be able to achieve the same kinds of record contracts in the next round of bargaining how optimistic are you that um that labor can can i guess help the companies get through these these transitions i mean th th this is this kind of pivotal point in 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 the automakers history at least uh, and things well, are changing i i think it's important to remember that any type of situation here it's almost a law of physics that for every action that you have you're going to have a reaction and what you're seeing now is a reaction on the part of the companies in auto for example in which they are pausing their investments in electrical vehicles uh, they are rethinking things about perhaps technology, automation, and where they locate facilities. And I think the same thing is true when you have um, the situation in the casinos and the hotels. The extent to which you can automate these jobs and and depend on fewer workers, these companies are going to take advantage of that. Artificial and technology is going to be a very important consideration going forward. And I would be very concerned looking at the future that you're going to see the displacement of a lot of workers because of technology and also because of other improvements in the production process. If you look at the auto industry, these companies are the Toyotas and uh, the Teslas are experimenting with new methods of produ production that require fewer workers and are going to reduce the need for workers going forward. And that simply means that labor will be less of a factor um, in the future. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Merrick Masters of uh, Wayne State University. It's always really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for coming Thank by. Thank you for having me and have a good day. Take you, care, sir. You too.
Today's episode of Detroit Today was produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Nate Bender. Our assistant producer is Maddie Boyer. Editing and mixing is by Connor Anderson. Our music is by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. Our podcast manager is David Lyons, and our program director is Adam Fox. Detroit Today is a production of WDET Public Radio. If you love the conversations we have on Detroit Today, consider donating to WDET, the public radio station in Detroit that we call home. If you want to be a part of the conversation and call in, you can listen live every day on WDET.org or on the WDET mobile app. Or if you live in Southeast Michigan and still love listening to good old-fashioned radio like me, tune in to 1019 FM.